you live from the geeks crossing station somewhere in uh i probably shouldn't i'm your host eric and i'm joined with matt the co-host and we're here to give you all the best geek related content you could ask for and in that case uh we're talking about everyone's favorite animated competition reality show in case of what content you're getting today but not just any visit to Camp Wawanaqua, uh, because our podcast has taken many trips to Camp Wawanaqua, mostly thanks to me, <laughs> all the total drama stuff I've put out. But we have a very special episode planned today. Isn't that right, Eric? Indeed we do, Matt. I like to consider this episode a spiritual successor to the very first duel between myself and Matt. And loyal listeners of Geeks Crossing may know that the first ever duo we did was actually our seventh episode in general, which is about Matt and I talking about Toll Drama as a whole. Yep, we went through each uh, season, talked about what we liked, what we didn't like in each season, our favorite characters, uh, our favorite challenges. Uh, we went in depth about kind of just what we loved about the series and even the stuff we didn't really like as much. And it was a it was a fun romp, if I remember correctly. It was over an hour. It was our longest episode of Geeks Crossing for a while until my behemoth 4th of July special. And all in all, it was just a really fun time to just sit and talk about a cartoon that both of us really, really love. And like Eric said, today it's kind of going to be evolving from that. So we're going to get a little less broad, and we're going to get a little more specific in our focus. It's actually our second most viewed episode as of Ooh. the recording of this episode. That's so exciting. So hopefully people who saw that are going to want to come back and see this one too, because uh, we're going to take that idea that concept uh, where we looked at the series as a whole and we're going to be breaking it down and looking at seasons as a whole if you guys recall some of my recent solos this is going to be very similar to my edna retrospective series where i basically go over each season talk about each episode list their pros and cons then give my final verdict and now i'm doing the same thing with total drama but with matt because i don't know any big total drama fan other than matt and he's the perfect guy I want to do this with. Thank you, Eric. I have not kept it a secret to any viewers of this podcast that Total Drama is one of my favorite shows, not even favorite cartoons, although definitely favorite cartoons too. I love it. It was a huge inspiration in me uh, in my life. I just, one of the biggest shows to impact me growing up. Just, I loved it, loved the characters, loved the idea, loved that show, ate it up. And as you guys know, I have put out a lot of Total Drama episodes, whether that be on internet, content inspired by the series or or actual contestants but a lot of fun stuff and i'm really excited and honored that eric you've chosen me to join you on this adventure and let's take it back all the way to the beginning starting with total drama island my god i, I don't know how to describe it it's just so iconic like so nostalgic mm -hmm. yeah no it, it, it's iconic i mean people say it's the best season and i i can definitely understand that i i do think it probably is the best season and not for nothing but it was groundbreaking i mean we think of total drama now with the context of oh yeah we know total drama there's uh, so many seasons of that but when total drama island premiered there was nothing like it it was so cool so i i think that this season is very special and holds a very special spot in the hearts of not only total drama fans but people who just watched it growing up, maybe not even cartoon fans, just people who 
were children in the 2000s. I think Total Drama Island holds a very special place. And for good reason. It's a terrific show, a terrific season, and a great start to this amazing show. I think the best way we can solidify that is by talking about the episodes. So let's start off with the first two episodes, which is actually a two-parter, technically. Mm-hmm. Not So Happy Campers, part one and two. I thought they were both a solid start to the season. Absolutely. And I really like, you know, no other, no other show really does this. Like, obviously, the first episode of every show introduces the characters. But this one literally introduces the characters. Like, you have the host say, here's this character. Here's that character. Here, Like, he gets this moment where he gets to interact with each of them and the contestants get to meet and play off each other. It's just really cool to see uh, everybody just kind of getting their feet wet, realizing, oh, man, this is going to be an interesting time. <laughs> this is yeah. a, a trashy Literally. island. Literally, the entirety of part one is just introducing the characters, which I know mm-hmm. may sound boring, but in Total Drama's case, it works. Oh, yeah. Because, because fans are now going to know who each of these characters are, what their stereotypes are, and what kind of role they're going to play this season. Absolutely. And you do even get that vibe when they start interacting with one another. Who's going to be friends? Who's not going to trust who? You get that early foreshadowing for a lot of the characters, and that's really cool. And Total Drama becomes a lot more cartoony as the show goes on. In this episode, though, everyone's pretty much as calm as they'll ever be. You know, like, everyone's very human- Nobody's really exaggerated. Nobody's really too crazy. Everyone's just like, yeah, we're just people ready to compete. And that definitely feels really weird rewatching this episode after so many other seasons. For the record, I started rewatching the first season in preparation for this episode. And it's so weird to see all these characters who have now evolved into psychopaths to an extent. (laughs) It's refreshing to see them at their humble beginnings, so to speak. Yeah, especially characters like Izzy and Courtney, who will eventually get, like, totally crazy, and they're just so normal, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I guess the only negative I could think about for part one was the team selection. I don't know, it just seemed too basic. Chris is like, okay, when I call your name, you're on this team. Meanwhile, when you look at future seasons, they get a bit more creative on how they pick the teams. Yeah, like in, uh, I think specifically Action and World Tour, I like it a lot more, because Action, it's... uh... It's the two winners of a challenge get to pick their own teams. And then World Tour, it's, okay, if you finish this race and you're the first six people, you're on this team. Second, you're on this team. Chris literally just has a piece of paper and he's like, all right, you guys over there. (laughs) And it's like, it's whatever. You know, it doesn't really. I know it's the first episode and all, but could they have done something a bit more creative? Like, I don't know, if you're staying on the right side of all these stumps, you're on the Screaming Gophers. And on the left side, you're the Killer Bass. Yeah, something like that. Or even the order you got off the boat. Like, okay, people who are who got off the boat in this order. Like, even something as simple as that. Like, it's fairly nitpicky, and it really doesn't affect the season that much. But it is done a little bit cooler in later seasons. At least Chef's introduction and that cockroach scene made up for it. <laughs> yes, I love Chef's introduction. Because Chef is another character who becomes very, like, flanderized, very exaggerated as this show goes on. And he's just great here. You know, he's the really scary cook that nobody wants to mess with. He's not, like, seen as the pathetic puppy dog that he is in later seasons. So that's really cool. So that's pretty much part one in a nutshell. In part two, this is where we really start getting to the game. All the contestants go through their first challenge. Well, the first half of their challenge was just jumping off a giant cliff into a shark-infested water. I still think that's arguably Total Drama's most famous challenge. 
that cliff dive, man, you know? Exactly. It, it, it's like uh, each team has to, you know, jump, and whoever has more members jump and land in the circle gets a cart to push boxes on the beach. People who don't have to drag the boxes themselves. And those boxes contain hot tub parts. Whoever builds the better hot tub wins. Uh, and, and whoever builds the weaker hot tub has to send a camper to the dock of shame. You know, rewatching this episode, I'm a bit perplexed at how these two themes correspond together. Jumping off a cliff and building a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's, it's kind of random. I guess this was Chris's way of saying who's got a spine and who doesn't. And I think in later seasons, this episode would just be, okay, push your hot tub box to the end of the beach and then build it. Like, the cliff dive section would be taken out because Total Drama's gotten a little bit shorter as the as time has gone on. But I, I, li- I kind of like that there's, it's two ideas in one. You know, that is kind of cool. Yeah. It makes the episode feel longer, more fleshed out. I feel like in this episode, they weren't trying to hide the fact that the killer bass were going to lose because it was pretty obvious that based on the way they were constantly pushing the cards and the way they were fighting with each other, how to fix the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty obvious that they were going to lose the first challenge. Meanwhile, we look at the Screaming Gophers. They were in perfect unison. And a little nitpick, at the end of part one, you know those scenes where it's like they're trying to foreshadow Owen jumping off the cliff? Yeah. They kind of spoiled it. Yeah, they shouldn't have shown. They should have just left it with Owen on the top. But, but, but again, yeah, that is, that's nitpicky, but I do agree with you. But to be honest, Owen's jump was one of the best parts of the episode. Other than a different silhouette, Owen really hadn't stood out. He was just another one of the 20-whatever. He was just one of the crowd. And then this episode kind of gave him that spotlight that he would eventually get, where it's like, okay, Owen, the crazy big fat guy, is going to make the leap of his life. And... Just like that, he's become one of the most funny and and most iconic characters in the show. Um, yeah, where you know moment. you know you know who Owen is now, and I like that because I like Owen. But another nitpick I have is the elimination because this episode kind of foreshadowed Courtney was gonna get eliminated, like the way she was constantly bossing, reminding everybody that she was a CIT, and the fact that she was one of the two contestants from the Killer Bass to not jump off the cliff, the other being DJ. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, all those hints were, like, solidifying that Courtney was going to get eliminated. <laughs> then all of a sudden, we have Ezekiel making his sexist comments. Then all of a sudden, he's eliminated. Like, what? Yeah, we're going to get into this pattern. At, or I, I know for a fact I am, because m- probably my least favorite part of Total Drama Island is the eliminations. This is very early on in the series. They're, they really get better with this, especially in Action and World Tour, with how you understand why characters are eliminated a lot better. But in this season, it's very weak. A lot of times, people will be eliminated for reasons that don't make a whole lot of sense. And they really have to bend the plot to save Courtney in this one. Because again, she didn't jump. She was bossy. She was annoying the other contestants. So they were like, all right, make the quiet farm guy say something sexist and, you know, get him the boot instead. Again, I think there's definitely worse eliminations in this series, uh, this season. Uh, but, but how it's handled with Ezekiel, it is a little rushed. You know. Yeah, I didn't even realize it until I rewatched this episode. Yeah. Little did we soon realize that this elimination caused Ezekiel a long road of pain and misery. Yeah, it's the beginning of the end for poor Zeke. But enough about Zeke. Let's move on to episode three, The Big Sleep. It's the second <laughs> challenge, and the contestants compete in the Awakethon, which is self-explanatory. Whoever mm-hmm. stays the longest on their respective team will win. And we're talking more than 24 hours, people. Oh, yeah. Multiple days and nights go by. And, of course, Chris makes it as hard as possible for them to stay awake. 
with, you know, giving them like feeding them turkey, making them run laps, reading them boring storybooks. He wants them to push it to their limits. Kind of cool concept for a challenge. Very straightforward, but very cool. And and I really do like it. Yeah, I like the concept, but I'm going to sound like a broken record when I keep saying this. Predictable elimination is what drags this episode down for me. Mm. Again, Eva, the tough girl with the short temper, goes on a riot because her MP3 player, whatever they call in the total drama universe, is missing. <laughs> which was yep. thanks to Heather, who stole it. And to make it look like it was missing, it was pretty obvious that she was going to get eliminated in the end. Yeah, although after not doing too much the first episode, this was a really cool way to set up Heather as the villain. That was smart thinking to get rid of a very strong opposing teammate. So I do like what that elimination did for Heather, but it did sell Eva short. Uh, much like Ezekiel, Eva's a character that really just got the short end of the stick and eventually just was discarded in the dustbin of forgotten contestants. <laughs> but, you know, she was duped. And like Eric said, this was an elimination that kind of did seem pretty obvious from the start when Eva was walking around and Heather took her MP3 player. But again, I, I do like what this elimination does for Heather. And oh, by no, extent, Lindsay and Beth, because we do see that alliance form for the first time. Thankfully, Owen saves this episode for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great. Owen's comic relief is awesome in this episode. I don't know how, but this man managed to stay awake for 12 hours and then sleep for like 72 hours. <laughs> While swimming up a waterfall. <laughs> oh my god. With no clothes. We need more people um, like Owen in this world. Yeah, but all in all, I, I think this is a pretty good episode. Yeah, pretty good episode. Alright, episode 4 is Dodgeball. It's the third challenge, and both teams are pitted against each other in a best three out of five games of dodgeball. A camp classic. And middle school classic. <laughs> Absolutely. I always found it pretty funny, even as a kid, that they just have a little, like, dodgeball gym, like a literal building on the beach, and they never acknowledge it ever again. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize that until recently. <laughs> I'm like, Chris, where the hell did you put this glass stadium gymnasium thing? Like, it seems like it could have been useful for other challenges, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, out of all the quote-unquote miscellaneous characters that got some spotlight, besides you-know-who that gets eliminated, mm -hmm. we got one of your favorite characters, Tyler. Oh, yes. I love that Tyler and Lindsay, they kind of fall in love. They flirt this episode. Uh, which, by the way, I love those two. On their own, they're funny. Together, they're funny. And Heather obviously disproves because, one, she wants Lindsay's attention on her. And two, Tyler's on the other team. So just that dynamic is really, really funny this episode. And, of course, uh, we get the spotlight on another amazing character, which is Harold. Holy cow, Harold really steals the show this episode, I feel like. Especially in the end. Because, like, he was deemed as the team's weak link because, you know, he's the nerd. So, of course, he's going to be the weak link. But the joke's on them because Harold ends up winning the Killer Bass, their first ever challenge. Mm-hmm. And this but, is after they even use Duncan, who is, like, asleep from the events of the previous episode. He comes in, he tries to turn the tables, but it really is up to Harold at the end of the day, and he pulls through. I mean, you would think it'd be Tyler because he's the jock, and even though dodgeball's not an actual sport, at least to my knowledge, <laughs> you would think he would get the spotlight in this episode. But no, it's Harold of all people which I'm glad. 
Yeah, he he was great this episode. I love that he's finally appreciated, even though that's eventually going to go down the drain, which we'll talk about more. But yes, even before that, I'm going to be honest, it was pretty cool to see how the Screaming Gophers won the first two rounds. Because you have freaking Cody defying the laws of physics and science from taking out <laughs> DJ and Katie. Come on. Oh, you yes. You got it, Matt. That was pretty fucking cool. That was hilarious. And then um, you have Owen, who, <laughs> who right the hell out of nowhere, just, just chucking balls at everybody. <laughs> yeah, Owen was the MVP, arguably. He was always helping out. This, Even, Yeah, no, honestly, I love that part of the episode. Like, the dodgeball, like, the actual game where everyone it was playing and throwing balls at each other and that was entertaining as hell. I loved watching people get knocked out and have really cool moments. And if you can guess what negative this episode has, then congratulations. You'll win a cookie. Predictable elimination. Yeah. We had Noah, the know-it-all, who throughout the episode was just staying in the sidelines, reading his book, not participating in any of the dodgeball games whatsoever. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I've said this before. I really like Noah as a character, starting in world tour like i just feel like he's so lame in this season granted he doesn't have a ton of time but if he's such a smart guy how did he not realize sitting on the sidelines and being sarcastic was not going to win him any friends maybe he'd just gotten comfortable with his team winning and he thought they were going to win again but that doesn't seem like a solid strategy yeah i'll admit noah was pretty bland this season but i agree matt thankfully he got some much needed character development in world tour Oh, absolutely. I'm excited to get to talk about that eventually. But by and large, I think this is a very fair elimination. Sometimes characters feel like they're gone before their time. Sometimes characters feel like they stayed too long. I personally don't think Noah stayed too long. I think he's, this is a perfect spot to kick him out this season. He didn't really have too much to offer in Ireland, so fair enough. And he had it coming, <laughs> being a, a kind of a jerk. All right, so episode five. I believe the episode's called Not Quite Famous. Yes. So the contestants have to compete in the talent show. They have to pick three teammates who have the best talents, compete in the talent show, and whoever gets the most points on the quote-unquote chef-o-meter <laughs> will win the challenge. Mm-hmm. So basically whoever chef is the most impressed with. <laughs> From the Screaming Gophers, we had Justin, who was showing off his beauty, which is somehow a talent, which I think is very debatable, but whatever. We had Trent singing. And we had Heather originally going to do a ballet dance until we get to the episode's conflict, which involves her stealing Gwen's diary, which she read in front of the entire viewing world. Even Chris says it's not cool. (laughs) That's when you know. This kind of goes off with the episode's pros, which it really sets up the conflict between Gwen and Heather. Mm -hmm. Because Gwen's like, yo, this bitch actually just read my personal thoughts in front of the entire world. Yeah. Like, what is her deal? I also just like a lot of the moments in this episode that don't, they, this does not happen. And this even goes away, I think by world tour, but it's gone by revenge of the Island where you have those moments where the campers aren't doing a challenge. Like there's part of this episode that I really love where Gwen's like flirting with Trent and Cody's being annoying. And they're like by the docks and they're swimming. And it's just so nice. And like Gwen has that moment where she's hiding her diary in her cabin and Heather and Lindsay are going to go get it. Like, I love those moments where it feels like they're just chilling. They're at summer camp. It's not just 24-7 doing the challenge. Hey, you got to give my man Cody credit. He's going to do anything he can to get noticed by Gwen. <laughs> Absolutely. Poor Cody, man. But uh, this episode, again, solidifies that there's something going on between Gwen and Trent, as you mentioned mm-hmm. before. As yeah. for the killer bass, needless to say, they had a rough start. 
because for their talents, they chose DJ, who had like a ribbon act or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Courtney, who was doing like a violin solo. But thanks to Bridget, who can demonstrate how she stands on her hand for 20 minutes, she accidentally drops, what was it, a spotlight on the violin? Yeah, her leg gets caught in some rope, dropping a spotlight on Courtney's violin. Not fun. And then Jeff, who actually saw some pretty good skateboarding skills, but then while rehearsing, he breaks his skateboard. I was like, what perfect timing. <laughs> what a train wreck for the killer bass. Meaning that they once again have to put their trust in Harold. <laughs> yeah. Part of the, something always confused me is how dismissive they were of Harold, even though he had just proved himself in the previous challenge. Like, when he walks up to audition, Courtney's like, oh no, next, you're a pathetic nerd, like, whatever. It's like, dude, he just saved you guys. <laughs> Cut him some slack, hear him out. And of yeah. course it ends up going well, but it's weird. It always seemed weird to me that Harold had to prove himself twice in a row. Why couldn't they just get someone else to win the challenge for them? Like yeah, that... Bridget accidentally destroyed Courtney's violin. So you would think that as a redemption, she can pull off a miracle talent that will win them their challenge. Mm-hmm. And also Justin's elimination was once again unfair. Again, how the hell did Justin get more votes than Heather? I legit tried doing the math because, like, you had Heather getting Beth and Lindsay to join her. Then you had Izzy join her as well and Owen. That just makes, what, five? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then the other people sense. most likely voted for Heather. So that's five each. Yeah, I always found it kind of stupid, too, just because, I, again, rewatching it, Justin actually did pretty good on the chef meter Chef was, like, decently happy with Justin. Meanwhile, Heather's vengeful diary reading got, like, no points. So it didn't even make any sense to try to make Justin the target. This is the first of many eliminations this season that not are not only are they just unfair, because there's obviously we've talked about some unfair eliminations already, like Ezekiel, but they're unfair just to save Heather. Like Heather is like the plot armor of this season. And this is not this is the first example I could think of where it's just, yeah, Heather should have gone home and but they just didn't feel like it. <laughs> Exactly. Poor Justin, though. I mean, I'm not saying Justin was amazing. He didn't offer anything this season, but he didn't so again... say anything this season. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He once talked... he stepped, once okay, he stepped he off the dock. Like, okay, he only talked for like maybe a minute in the first episode, but then after that, nothing. Yeah. Like, how hard would it have been to have just written it in where Chef scored Justin's act low too? Like, that seems like a pretty easy way to be like, okay, fine, yeah, makes sense, get rid of Justin. But I don't know. I'm I'm no total drama writer. So, bye-bye, yes. Justin. <laughs> You're not a total drama writer yet. <gasps> Ooh. Hey, new season writers, uh, hit me up. All right. Next up, we have episode six, The Sucky Outdoors. Mm, I liked this one. This one was pretty fun. Basically, the teams have to go out and camp out in the woods, and then the first team that makes it back to the camp at sunrise will win. Definitely what saved this episode for me was Owen's exaggeration on how he and his grandpa killed a bear. <laughs> because like Chris mentioned earlier, oh, watch out for bears. I lost a couple of cameramen because of that. So while they're camping, Owen tells his team a memory of the time he and his grandpa killed a 10-foot bear. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm laughing because Owen's storytelling was like crayon drawings and shit. It was hilarious. We see this style come up again when Owen is telling stories, and it's just, I love it. It's a staple of this show. And it's so funny how he exaggerates it, tries to sound cool, <laughs> and then freaks out when he sees a bear. Yeah, I was just about to say that. But when a real bear shows up, Owen, the quote-unquote bear hunter, he was running around screaming, crying for his mommy. I was like, bro, aren't you supposed to be a bear hunter? 
<laughs> but then, what a twist. It wasn't a bear. It was Izzy disguised. And why did she disguise as a bear to scare a team? Just because. <laughs> Literally just for the fun of it. <laughs> That's another pro I have. It's like, they kind of start off the relationship between Izzy and Owen. Or like, viewers get the idea that these two are meant to be together. As for the killer bass, the two BFFs, Katie and Sadie, they get lost in routine. And they start arguing about, oh, we're lost because of you. It's your fault we lost. I have better directions, so I don't, you know, just stupid petty shit. Mm-hmm. Revealing that the BFF's friendship is a little bit more unstable than we had previously thought. And I find it funny how throughout the episode, the team doesn't even acknowledge that they're gone. <laughs> I mean, there was that one moment where Duncan asked, does anyone see Tweedledum and Tweedle Idiot? But other than that, nothing. <laughs> because they had their own problems. Yeah, they set up camp just fine, but they didn't have any food. And then Duncan scared the shit out of them with a story about a guy with a bloody hook. <laughs> Typical Duncan. And again, more hints about Courtney and Duncan's relationship. Yes, yes, definitely. And that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, and how did you feel about the elimination in this one? <laughs> I thought it was pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, technically, it was their fault they got separated in the first place because they're like, oh my god, look, blueberries. <laughs> Yeah, they got distracted by freaking berries. <laughs> so uh, the only thing I'm confused about is why did they vote Katie instead of Sadie? Yeah, there there doesn't seem to be a reason why pick one or the other. Honestly, looking back on it, they could have had like a tie or something and kicked them both out. I get what they were trying to do, which is, oh, we're going to have to explore how, how Sadie lives without Katie. But I guess we'll talk about it later in this episode. But But it really does not. They don't really do anything with that. Yeah, still a solid episode nonetheless. Yeah, it's pretty funny to actually see them, you know, in the outdoors, which is kind of the whole fun of camping. Um, so I do think that's handled well. And again, set, we get some great character development for some awesome characters like Courtney Duncan, Owen, Izzy. Uh, and so fun stuff. Next, we have Phobia Factor, episode seven. Ooh, I got a bone to pick with this episode, but we'll get to it. <laughs> it's self-explanatory, really. The contestants have to conquer their biggest fear. Whoever completes their challenge will win a point for a team, and the team with the most points will win. It was interesting in the beginning how each character got around the campfire and confessed their greatest fear. Yeah, that was a cool intro. It literally takes place like a minute after the end of the last one, because Sadie's still on the dock, like crying. We had some reasonable fears, like Gwen being buried alive, Owen and Izzy being afraid of flying. You know, that's reasonable. But then you have characters from the Killer Bass, like freaking Duncan. Imagine this. Tough guy from Juvie, and he's afraid of a freaking cardboard cutout of Celine Dion. <laughs> oh, Duncan. And you're probably thinking, this can possibly get more embarrassing, can it? No. Your man Tyler is afraid of chicken. Yep. Like, I remember being, bitching yeah. about that in our first duo, but I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah, that puts being a chicken in a whole new light. But, um, but yeah, no, Tyler's afraid of chickens. And, you know, we get other characters where it's, like, eye-rollingly, like, come on, bad haircuts. That doesn't seem like the kind of fears we're supposed to be talking about here. And then the campers have to face their fears, and uh, it's a pretty good romp. If I did like the plot twist where Courtney kept on saying, oh, I'm not really afraid of anything. But then, based on her actions, we find out that she's actually afraid of green gelatin. Mm-hmm. Chris was able to use uh, some visualization 
I love how Chris gave him a chance to like get triple points if Courtney completes her challenge, which obviously she didn't, and they lost once again. And again, they were trying to set up Courtney getting eliminated, but instead they chose Tyler. Yeah, like I said, Heather's really the biggest person where it comes to finagling her way out of an elimination, but Courtney is definitely in second place because we have now seen this happen twice. Once with Ezekiel where it's like, okay, yeah, I could see why they might not like having him around, but Courtney could have won it for the team. I mean, granted, winning really doesn't give you too much in this uh, season. In future seasons, you'll get a reward sometimes, but this time there's not really any stakes. I get it. Tyler was kind of lame, but Courtney could have won it, chickened out, and everyone was just like, all right, Courtney, we forgive you. Let's go vote off uh, Tyler instead, which it's like, you know, whatever. But I realized something rewatching this episode. Despite Courtney's abrasiveness, she is an effective member of the Killer Bass. Tyler didn't do jack shit in any of the episodes. <laughs> that's true. So I think that's the real reason why Tyler got eliminated. Not just because he failed his challenge, but he's a liability to the Killer Bass. Makes sense to me. And again, what? thank God they changed him in future seasons. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's only up from here, and let's move on to episode eight, Up the Creek. <laughs> the contestants have to travel to Boney Island, start a bonfire, and make it back to camp. First thing to go back to camp will win, but there's a catch. Should the contestants take anything from Boney Island, they'll be cursed forever. And everybody agrees to this, except for Beth, who was in the bathroom and missed it. <laughs> what perfect timing. <laughs> um, so this Surprise. is a fun episode, I think. Surprisingly, Cody got a lot of development in this episode. Yeah, no, I really like what they did with Cody in this episode. I mean, again, he repeatedly tries to flirt with Gwen and fails big time, but in the end, he realizes that Gwen's into Trent, so instead of being jealous like any other teenage boy would, Cody actually pairs them together. Yeah, like, he helps them get together. It's nice. Although I do have one complaint about that whole thing. In the previous episode, we established that Gwen is really pissed at Trent because Gwen's fear was being buried alive. And when she was facing it, Trent promised to dig her up quickly. But he forgot about her due to his own fear. And then he just kind of forgot. And Gwen really didn't want to let him get off with that. And in fact, later episodes, she says, yeah, I'm still mad at Trent for that. I'm still mad at Trent for that. Except for this episode where randomly it's just like, back to normal with them it's kind of weird to me like i don't know if they were working on this episode before they worked on the other one or what but it's weird that gwen's back to pining after trent this time and then in the next few episodes she's back to being like no 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 he left me underground i don't like it nitpicky yeah of course a lot of my complaints are but still kind of weird and something i realized while i was rewatching. that's something i didn't realize until after i rewatched the episodes yeah it's just like yeah i don't know but that wasn't the only couple that was having problems, air quotes. <laughs> we had Jeff, who surprised Bridget with a homemade arts and crafts project, which creeped the hell out of her. <laughs> Poor Jeff. <laughs> he was trying his best. But thankfully, Jeff was able to get Bridget's attention after a quote-unquote injury. <laughs> God, it's like, through the injury scene. I forgot about that. <laughs> and what was his injury? Twisting his ankle or some shit like that. Yeah. Even Bridget said in confessionals, like, I've seen surfers get eaten by sharks, but this, this is horrible. I'm like, wow, a twisted ankle is somehow more gruesome than getting eaten by a shark. Yeah, dude, Bridget must have seen some very minor shark attacks, if that's true. 
Um, yeah. It was kind of random to see Izzy get eliminated, so to speak. Yeah, again, this is a an opportunity where the contestants could have been like, yo, yeah, we don't like Heather, but Izzy did kind of screw up the challenge for her team by telling the others, uh, like, giving them ideas. Yeah, so that makes sense. Well, technically, she wasn't really eliminated. She mentioned that she's currently being hunted by the RCMP, and what do you know it? They just show up during the elimination ceremony, and she, <laughs> and she runs for her fucking life. Yep, she runs into the woods, where she will be hiding out, uh, for some time, but we will get to that. Next, right. we have episode nine, Paintball Deer Hunt. Yeah, so certain members of each team are picked as hunters and deer, and the goal is obviously for each team's hunters to capture or shoot with paintballs the other team's deer. This isn't fleshed out fully because in the end, things get, you know, spoiler, I guess, things get so chaotic, people start shooting their own teammates, people, you know, the deer start fighting each other, that Chris says, literally, like, you guys blew the whole point of the challenge, and it was awesome, because it was good ratings. But, yeah, so literally just the idea is to try to capture deer from the other team with paintballs, but of course it does not end up playing out like that. <laughs> But it did lead to some of the best moments in the season, which was Beth finally sticking up for herself. Mm-hmm. Beth had great character development in this episode in terms of her arc with Heather. We got some great comic relief with Owen, who fantasized himself as some kind of hunter in a nature documentary. Did he um, pour urine on himself, tied his scent? <laughs> I think he did mention that. <laughs> so, Tell me that isn't pee. Yes. Yes, it is. Ew. <laughs> We're hunting other campers. You don't have to hide your scent. You mean I collected all this pee for nothing? <laughs> then he just like chucked it in the air or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, like, I love him. Like him trying to hunt down DJ was pretty funny. And then he failed miserably at trying to get Duncan too. Yep. And DJ outwitted him, running on all fours like the beautiful beast he was. Uh, and he, I think he farted in a tree, and Duncan like smelled it. <laughs> so he uh, got I, caught by that too. I'm not gonna lie; it was heartbreaking for me watching this episode because my man Cody got eliminated because he got mauled by a bear, <laughs> and because he's severely injured, his team didn't find him useful for future challenges, which does make sense. But at the same time, it's like, wow, what were the odds that Cody gets eliminated in this episode? No build up whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, realistically, you could have had Beth try to win over some votes for Heather. I mean, we saw her with Lashana. We, she probably could have gotten Gwen and Trent. There could have been a movement to get rid of Heather, but, you know, they had to get Cody out of here, which, whatever, maybe it was his time, but still pretty sad for Cody. Again, the eliminations this season aren't really explained the best, but what are you going to do? It's, you know, they're just starting out. So now we move on to episode 10, Can't Take the Heat. I think that's what it's called. Yes, this is a good one. The, it's a cook-off uh, between the Screaming Gophers and the Killer Bass. Whoever makes the best meals that are ranked by Chris will win. So, once again, this episode picks off from the conflict that Beth had when she sticks up to Heather. Beth finally stood up for herself, but at the same time, she just feels a little bit inferior. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Thankfully, she had Lashana backing her up. Yeah, no, it, it was really cool seeing that uh, that play out in the kitchen. And then meanwhile, the killer bass, correct me if I'm wrong, this is when they start pranking Harold, right? Yeah, because Duncan, Jeff, and DJ were tired of Harold leaving his crusty underwear in the cabin floor. So he decided to teach him a lesson by pranking him. <laughs> I mean, I get it that you're pissed off, but was it really necessary? I mean, this guy won your first two challenges after all. 
Yeah, I, generally, I don't really like the, the arc Harold has this season. I think he has a much stronger run in action, where he actually proves himself twice in a row, and then immediately goes back to just being the butt of a joke. <laughs> like, it's like, what do you want to do with Harold? You got to pick something. It's You can't just keep pretending his helpfulness doesn't exist. I get it. He's the nerd. Duncan's the bully. But still, it that does seem a little honed in at times. And this episode is no different. Although I do like how they explained it wasn't just there being jerks for no reason. They were just grossed out because he was leaving his underwear around, which, you know, fair enough. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Another thing that I felt was too random was Trent's concussion and Owen eating the ribs. Yeah. Trent was out of commission for most of this episode. Owen chucked like a, a container of oranges at him. Yep. And then afterwards... <laughs> When they locked Heather in the freezer for being a bossy bitch, they left Owen in charge of guarding the food. And you guys know how that goes. Nope. He I mean, you would, you would think that they'd eliminate Owen because of that. But no. Two nope. reasons. One, Owen is very likable. And two, he has plot armor. <laughs> Same goes for Heather. This would have been an easy opportunity to eliminate Heather, considering, again, Beth, Gwen, Trent, and, he- and Lashana all don't like her. And they probably could have gotten Owen. But, yeah, again, plot armor. <laughs> and she doesn't even have the likability factor that Owen has. No, this elimination was for poor Beth, because the team finally found out why they were losing so much recently, because she brought the Tiki from Boney Island, and they blame her and vote her off. So sad, but what are you going to do? Plot armor. Exactly. This is another elimination. This is actually one of the weakest eliminations this season, I think, just because it was very clear First of all, I don't know why they care so much that they keep losing. Because, again, there's no penalty for losing this season. It's just that they both have this. Both teams have the same cabins, the same food. doesn't matter if you win or lose, really. And so a loss seems like it would have been an easy opportunity to kick out Heather. And, you know, why be mad at Beth when it's just established that Lashana and Gwen and all these people are warming up to Beth? But no, plot armor. <laughs> all right, so we move on to, I think it was like, who can you trust? Oh, yes. Yes, the, the trust exercises. What Matt said. Basically, <laughs> the teams have to compete in trust exercises. Whoever completes their challenges in a best three out of five will win. Mm-hmm. And this is done between members of each team. So, for example, uh, one challenge might involve Heather and Lindsay. One might involve Sadie and Courtney. And it's pretty much just whoever racks up the most points at the end wins. And surprise, surprise, for the Screaming Gophers, both challenges that Lindsay was involved they lost <laughs> because first she was paired with Trent to like turn a poison puffer fish into sushi and she, po- and she ends up poisoning Trent. Yeah. That went about as we would have expected. And Poor then Trent, they, man, like he's been getting beaten. <laughs> and then, then the second challenge, Lindsay was involved. She had to grab Heather as she was about to jump in a freaking pool full of electric eels. <laughs> yup. And failed at that, misunderstood a command, and let Heather kind of fall. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. But the main plot, or if you want to really call it that, the main conflict, was about DJ's pet rabbit that he found in the sucky outdoors. During the challenge, he gave it to Jeff to look after him, but Jeff left him out of his sight for a second, and Bunny ends up getting eaten by a snake, which then gets caught by an eagle, which then gets eaten by a shark. R.I.P. Bunny. Now Jeff, not having the heart to tell DJ what happened, told him like oh bunny ran away so obviously dj's upset and he can't trust jeff but surprisingly he gets help from duncan who lures another rabbit from the woods and gives it to dj as if like oh 
DJ Bunny came back. Mm -hmm. This goes to show that Duncan may be a punk, but see deep down he has a heart of gold. And of course, the only person to catch him doing this is Courtney, which really helps uh, these two with their dynamic a little bit more. She kind of sees, yeah, you're you're not all bad, and he's like, ah, oh, you know, don't tell anybody, but. It's cute, and it's it's handled pretty well. And again, you do get to see the heart of gold that Duncan has for his friends, and that's pretty awesome. No, it looked like the Killer Bass were once again going to win, since most of these challenges were blindfolded during the last challenge, which is like a, what was it, like a, a sleigh ride down a hill? Yeah, basically like a, a sled down a hill race. During the challenge, DJ took briefly, and I repeat, briefly took the blindfold off, and according to Chris, that counts as cheating, so they lost by default. Yup. You would yeah. think that they eliminate DJ because of that, but no, Sadie gets the boot this time. And you know why? Because she was paired up with Courtney, or like whoever's blindfolded has to shoot apples at an arrow that's attached to her partner's head. Yeah. And Sadie, who claimed to be a good shot, kept missing the arrow every freaking time and hit Courtney. And Courtney was so petty about that that she convinced everybody to vote her off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I want to say this elimination is unfair, but it does make sense thinking about it. DJ's friends wouldn't have voted him off. He was already going through an emotional breakdown because he lost his rabbit, so it wouldn't feel right. For and not for nothing, but I don't even think Sadie had a single line in the last like two or three episodes, so I was surprised she was even still here. <laughs> then again, what more does Sadie had to offer? Exactly. So yeah, I understand why they did that, but I can't bypass the whatever. She's back with Katie. Two fairly weak characters reunited to never compete again. <laughs> right? Episode 12, basic straining. So in this episode, there's a twist. Chris is not in charge. Chef is, oh, sorry, Master Chief. <laughs> Basically, Chef, or Master Chief, as he wanted to be called, Constructs all the contestants to go through a series of trials in his boot camp. Mm -hmm. They're akin to military training a lot of the time. Uh, hanging upside down from trees, running through obstacle courses, holding up canoes, and of course, writing essays about why you love Master Chief. <laughs> and more importantly, dancing to Michael Jackson's thriller. Yes. That is honestly the best part of the episode. It's yep. so random and <laughs> out of place, but I love it so much. The synchronized dancing scene is one of the most legendary scenes. <laughs> but not as legendary as the kiss between Duncan and Courtney. Because the one thing that makes this episode so prominent is how it starts off the relationship between Duncan and Courtney. Mm -hmm. This is where it all ends. Or, I guess begins in a way but also ends <laughs> which we'll have to talk about but yeah no this they're officially a couple they confess their feelings for each other they have some cool moments where they contrast their life attitudes where courtney's like oh why do you always break the rules Duncan's like why do you always follow the rules just generally nice you know um and we get to see you know one of the first total drama couples officially get together i mean i guess other than uh tyler and Lindsay. Another thing that I noticed in this episode this is when we start to see both teams actually get along i mean yeah these characters are on different teams, but, you know, outside of the challenges, they get along quite well. Like, you know, Duncan and Courtney raided Chef's refrigerator, and they brought snacks for everybody to munch on. Yeah, you definitely get the sense that this episode is approaching the merge. Like, we are almost at the merge by this point, and I think the writers were aware of that. You know, we got a smaller cast, they're all kind of friendly with each other as they're competing. And even though the Killer Bass was the focus of this episode, they didn't win the challenge. Because Gwen managed to withstand Chef's training the longest for the Screaming Gophers. Mm-hmm. Which meant this was uh, led to the first 
elimination ceremony where I can't even say it was unfair just because of, oh, it doesn't make sense why people would vote that way. No, it was literally a rigged vote. Now, imagine this. Duncan and Courtney finally start their relationship, but during the elimination ceremony, the final two are Harold and Courtney. And who gets eliminated? Courtney, which is very peculiar because Duncan even said for a fact, I know there's at least three of us who didn't vote for Courtney. Then, after Courtney leaves, we find out it was Harold who rigged the vote. Because throughout the episode, Duncan and Jeff kept on bullying him. Which, again, what's the fucking point? I assume he stopped leaving his crusty underwear. And in that same episode, they promised at the end that they were going to stop bullying him. But then, all of a sudden, they're just bullying him again. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, no, this season with Harold is very weird. They He, like, proves himself time and time again, and they just keep bullying him. Although I must wonder why Harold didn't just rig the votes against Duncan if he was so mad. But, you know, to each his own. <laughs> I mean, in a way, Duncan kind of deserved it. But Chris saw this in the confessionals. You would think he'd expose Harold, but no. <laughs> well, the show is called Total Drama. And that, more or less, brought some drama into the show. <laughs> so then we have episode 13. I know it was extreme something. The episode was extreme torture. That's what it was. The contestants have to go through extreme challenges. They had jump out of a plane. They had to ride on this severely angry moose. And then jet ski on this giant mud pond. <laughs> and once again, Trent gets the short end of the stick. Yeah, once again finds himself in the infirmary when he falls out of a plane, landing face first onto the ground. Should not have survived, but obviously this is a cartoon. But, dude, poor Trent, man. It's, it's almost like they didn't know what they wanted to do with him in this period of time while Gwen was mad at him. So they were just like, what if we just keep having him get really, really hurt? <laughs> I just don't get it, man. Yeah, poor guy. But, again, he suffers a lot this episode again. The side plot that this episode has going on is that Gwen and Bridget find a love note, and they think their respected crushes wrote it for them. But it turns out they didn't. The love mm. note was actually for Lashana. But mm. who wrote it, you may ask? Well, it was none other than the man of the hour, Harold. In his last hour on the show, he reveals uh, that this was a note from himself to Lashana, a love note, and they share a kiss on the dock as he is eliminated because the killer bass do lose this challenge again uh, due to Harold getting distracted <laughs> by a wardrobe malfunction from Heather in the well, last challenge. To be fair, it was Heather's damn fault because like, she tried to sabotage him. Yeah, that's true. Of course, ripping off her top wasn't intentional, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but it happened nonetheless. It distracted Harold, and his teammates, probably already pissed off enough at him, used it as an opportunity to vote him out. I mean, Harold's days were numbered. I mean, if you look at the rest of his team, it's Duncan and all of his friends. <laughs> so he was kind of screwed. I mean, you would think that after breaking the votes from the last episode, you would think Harold would at least make the merge. But no, afterwards, that's it. A very underwhelming end to his very <laughs> underwhelming development this season. Yeah, the writers, like, they wanted him to be the nerd the whole time, but they kept doing things that would have made him rise above just being the nerd. So they just decided to be like, okay, well, what if those events just don't matter? <laughs> and, and it's disappointing, but Harold was very, very close to making it to the merge, but as the saying goes, close, but no cigar. So now the next episode the brunch of disgustiness the teams are now merged which means there's no more teams it's every camper for themselves technically but, yeah <laughs> but before that they decide to have one last challenge 
since there are five males and five females left. Chris decided it would be a good idea if they split them up into temporary teams of guys against girls, and they compete in the brunch of discussion is, what is that, you may ask? Well, both teams have to eat meals that are so beyond disgusting and goes all sense of culinary arts. <laughs> and we're not just talking about mixing up spices that don't go except. No, we're talking about pizza made out of live grasshoppers, anchovies, blended cockroaches. I'm pretty sure they had to eat a smoothie that was made out of skunk spray or some shit like that. Dude, yeah. Dolphin wieners, a beef testicle. <laughs> Nasty stuff. <laughs> but we can honestly say that the reward was worth it. Yeah, this may come to a surprise, but this is one of the few episodes where a team actually gets a reward. Whichever team wins gets to spend the weekend at this luxurious spa. Yeah, that they were competing for a prize this time around. Sadly, mm-hmm. the losing team has to spend the weekend at Total Trauma Island, which, Chef, <laughs> like, bro, I'm laughing because that evil fucking smile that Chef had when he was waving. <laughs> yes. Now, I, I never really liked this episode. I, I think this is one of the weaker episodes just because there's not really a lot of stakes. Instead of the classic whoever loses has to vote someone off, this one is whoever wins gets a prize. And as such, there's no elimination. The girls lose, but they don't have to eliminate anyone. And by and large, there's not a whole lot of character development this time around. We just see the dudes be bros and the girls kind of fight. We see the beginning of Heather and Bridget kind of getting at each other's throats, but that really doesn't go anywhere. So by and large, kind of a useless episode in terms of the uh, overall story. Yeah, but I do appreciate how we actually see more of these contestants who are on opposing teams start getting along. That's true. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we do see the beginning of some friendships like Owen and Duncan. And uh, we see, yeah, like I said, Bridget communicate with the rest of the girls, which is weird. Bridget was the only female killer bass. (laughs) But the next episode is when the teams actually merge for once. All 12 contestants have to compete in an extreme game of Say Uncle. Whoever survives the most tortures will win. Wait a minute, Eric, why'd you say 12? I thought you said there were 10 contestants left. Well, here's the twist. Two previously eliminated contestants were brought back to the game, Eva and Izzy. The latter who technically never left, (laughs) hiding out in the woods the whole time. You're probably thinking, why in the name of fuck hell did they bring Eva back? Well, according to Chris, she was audience favorite. Well, not really an audience favorite, but they liked her. Yeah. And Eva being Eva, Obviously wasn't getting along with anybody, especially Bridget, who she has a personal grudge against because she thinks it was her that suggested that she takes anger management classes, when in reality it was actually Courtney. She holds that against Bridget and really does not like her throughout this episode. And everybody else kind of is introduced to Eva, especially the former Screaming Gophers who would have never interacted with her. Then we have Izzy just being Izzy. What more Mm -hmm. can I say? Yeah. I did like some of the tortures they had to go through, though. Like, Duncan getting attacked by snapping turtles. Owen eating, like, ten tanks of ice cream or some shit like that. The reason why that's torturous is because he has to survive ten seconds of brain freeze, which obviously didn't last long. <laughs> this episode always used to remind me of I Triple Dog Dare You, uh, which will come later this season. But upon rewatching it, there are some differences, and I do like the dynamics between all the characters. We especially start to see that Heather and Lashana are really forming a rivalry here, not just Heather and Gwen. So that's kind of cool to see that develop. And LaShawn is actually the lucky winner of immunity this time around. 
And I think she gets like a gift. She gets a, a trailer, like her own personal bathroom as a prize for winning. Yeah, she gets her own private trailer. But unlike the previous episode, even though somebody wins a prize, somebody is still getting eliminated this time around. And it's nearly unanimous. <laughs> Everyone is either afraid of or intimidated by Eva. <laughs> that did not surprise me whatsoever. Her being brought back and then eliminated in the same episode. Yep, pretty funny. Again, this is the last time Eva will ever compete. <laughs> but it's a pretty funny way to have her go out. Alright, so the next episode, was it Search and Destroy Knots? Or search, search and Do Not Destroy, from what I understand. Something like that. Yeah. The contestants have to go through a treasure hunt where they have to find keys and open up chests. But one chest contains immunity, and whoever opens that set chest will gain immunity. Enough said. Yeah, so this isn't really a challenge you can win. The only way to screw up is just not find your key. Because immunity is totally random. It's just you pick a chest and it might have immunity, it might not. And so the stakes are pretty interesting this time around because nobody's competing to be the best. But the focus of this episode wasn't the challenge itself, but the relationship between Gwen and Trent. Because, well, first off, Gwen kisses Trent and that immediately sparks their relationship. Mm -hmm. And Heather, being the bitch that she is, assumes that just because they're now in a relationship... That just means they're going to form an alliance and she wants to make and she's going to make sure her alliance is the only alliance on this island. Mm -hmm. So she comes up with a plan to break up Gwen and Trent because I, I remember like she left a fake note for Gwen to read in the cabin. And by the time Gwen reads the note, she goes over to the dock and she tells Trent like, oh, Gwen thinks you're a total cliche. She's just lying to you. So you get farther into the game and she kisses Trent right in front of Gwen. Mm hmm. LaShawn is obviously pissed off about this, so she tries to form her own alliance to vote off Heather. Like, she grabs everybody who's in the middle of their challenges, says, like, yo, later tonight, we're all going to get together and vote for Heather. And then, what do you know it? Plot armor comes to the rescue, and <laughs> Heather ends up opening a chest with immunity. So, yes. <laughs> obviously, they can't vote off Heather. Who do they decide to vote off? Trent. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here's my big problem with this. Trent knows, and he sees this from time to time, how devious and maniacal Heather is. So why the hell was he convinced by her lies? Yeah, Trent was sitting in the audience as Heather read Gwen's diary out loud. She know He knows the kind of person Heather is, so he has a very gullible moment here. And obviously, I don't even have to say it because it's the most obvious thing in the world. Heather would have 100% been screwed. Her plan would have been horrendous if she was not lucky enough to find immunity which we have to stress, was completely random. It, you had to just pick a random chest. So literally her whole plan hinged on something completely out of her control. But luckily for her, <laughs> plot armor was on her side. I don't know about you, but this plot armor shit is really getting on my nerves. Yeah, it's really what makes this season weaker for me. Like, I do love this season. I do think it's the best season. But there's so much plot armor that does not that you don't get in later seasons. This is really the only season that has this problem, so maybe it's just growing pains, but yeah. it's, it's kind of distracting sometimes. Like this episode, for example, where, I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Matt. The plot armor just get overwhelming after a while. But yes, Trent and Gwen share a tearful goodbye where Trent and Gwen both reveal, hey, wait, Heather tricked both of us. So they do agree, like, okay, we're fine. They're not dating yet. That, that We'll get to that later this season. They're not dating yet, but they say, okay. We're friends. We're good. We're not mad at each other. And Trent leaves, and he goes on the dock of shame. And now everyone has just witnessed Heather's trickery. 
So obviously you'd imagine that would make her a bigger target, but we'll see what happens as this progresses. We're getting to the end game here. So next we have hide and do not seek. I think that. Ah, yes. Or hide and be sneaky. Why do I feel like it's hide and be sneaky? Yes, hide and be sneaky. Yeah, hide and be sneaky. Thank you. It's the classic game of hide and seek. But in total drama fashion, the contestants have to avoid getting attacked by Chef, who's packing heat with probably the most impressive water gun you'll ever see. It pushes Chris like 50 yards away in a demonstration. So this is serious stuff right here. <laughs> Remember when I said that Heather wants to make sure that her alliance is the only alliance on the island? The joke's on her because earlier in the episode, I think it was the beginning, Duncan realized that there's only four guys left on the island, including him. So he tries to form an alliance with Owen, Jeff, and DJ. So like, okay, let's stick together and try to vote off as many of the girls as possible. Mm-hmm. And DJ and Jeff, they're down with this. They'd been pretty close with Duncan for a long time. Owen takes some coaxing, uh, but ultimately he goes along with it too, which is a very funny scene, DJ torturing Owen, <laughs> dangling him over a cliff, threatening him only to have it be revealed that the cliff was, like, 10 feet tall. <laughs> classic moments. Yes. Um, I'll tell but... you what is classic, but also iconic. The epic duel between Izzy and Chef Hatchet. Oh, my gosh. Izzy is at her best in this episode. She Her rivalry with Chef, she doesn't even really try to hide. I mean, she does briefly, but she spends a lot of the episode just following Chef around, making fun of him, trying to break him. <laughs> It's, and then it's when they were in the mess hall, both Izzy and Chef, they stare each other down. <laughs> Chef puts down his gun, and they decide, like, yo, let's throw hands. Literally. <laughs> they were locked in hand-to-hand combat, and Izzy completely demolished him. But sadly, Izzy wasn't able to make it to the dock in time. No, poor Izzy. However, another way of getting yourself immunity, other than getting to the dock, is to rat out other people. So if you get caught, you can find other people. And... Heather uh, manages to get invincibility this way. Uh, As you can imagine, (laughs) Heather has to get immunity because she's a huge threat now. So she finds Owen and DJ and tattles to Chef. What's even sad is that Lindsay even suggested, oh, let me bust one of them so we both get invincibility. But Mm -hmm. Heather was like, fuck that shit. Yeah, which is weird to me just because Heather spent the last episode saying, I want to be the only alliance wouldn't the strategic thing to be securing Lindsay immunity as well so that both members of your alliance make it farther or you know heather could just be a jerk which is also quite likely exactly but lashana ends up making it to the dock uh in time uh hiding brilliantly underwater with a lily pad scuba so chef never even sees her and so heather and lashana end up getting immunity and it's time to cast our votes Bridget gets eliminated, probably thinking, why? Bridget's the nice surfer girl. Exactly. Duncan suggested voting her off because she's so nice and everyone likes her. That's going to make her a threat. And everyone's more or less okay with that, except for Jeff, who can't go through with it. Unfortunately for him, it really doesn't matter. That plus, she got sprayed by a skunk, and nobody (laughs) wants to smell that shit. So between the guy alliance not wanting her and probably some of the girls not wanting to smell her in their cabin... Bridget was sent packing, although she and Jeff hooked up at the end, becoming a couple on the dock of shame. So beautiful. Before Bridget was sent home and uh, Duncan punished Jeff for not voting with him. 
<laughs> by spe- having him spend the night upside down in a sleeping bag. Which, geez, man, that's pretty harsh, but I guess that's what Juvie will do to you. All right, so the next episode, that's off the chain. Ooh, an infamous episode, arguably. We'll, we'll elaborate on that later. Yes. Basically, the contestants had to build their own bike from scratch and race them around the island. Whoever wins both races will win immunity. And it's, this, this challenge is infamous for having kind of convoluted rules. Everyone builds a bike. Then you trade bikes with somebody else and race around the island. And whoever comes in like first or second or third or fourth, for example, Gwen is riding Duncan's bike and she places really high. So then Duncan gets to compete for immunity because that was Duncan's bike. So Duncan gets to ride his bike. But technically they're not racing for immunity because by not being qualified, Gwen is immune simply because this is no elimination ceremony. It's whoever crosses the finish line last is out of the competition. If that sounds confusing, it's because it is very confusing. Chris keeps saying they're competing for immunity, but they're not. Immunity doesn't matter as long as you just don't cross the finish line last. Not to mention LaShawn and Izzy totally skip out on the challenge entirely because they're on an out-of-control bike. I'm getting a headache just talking about this episode, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, but let's not waste any time and just discuss the biggest BS elimination of this season. Well, before we get to you-know-what. Lindsay. Yeah. So in the final race, it was Heather, Lindsay, Owen, and Duncan. Even though Lindsay technically placed second behind Heather, Owen and Duncan didn't cross the line with their bikes. Mm-hmm. That's the important part. Because Lindsay was the last one to cross with her bike. She was technically in last place, and she's eliminated by that. Yeah, it, it was very clear that the writers had no other way. Like, Lindsay was likable. You know, the other contestants really didn't hate her. They couldn't think of a way to get rid of her, so they had to kind of BS their way to do it. And that sucks, because Lindsay kind of, feel like, deserved better than that. As unorthodox <laughs> as that sounds, it did lead to one of the best moments in the season, which oh, was yeah. Lindsay finally, <laughs> and IRP finally realizing that Heather's been using her this whole time, and she goes off on her. For those mm-hmm. of you who watch the show in Canada, you would know that all her insults are censored. Yeah, which is honestly the superior way to watch it. So if you live in America or another part of the world where they don't censor it, just do what I did and mute your TV at that point. It's way funnier if she's just a string of beeps. <laughs> and yeah. it is, oh man, so satisfying to watch. BS elimination, but satisfying conclusion, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and the other campers are sad to see her go. They offer her a a fond farewell and a promise that they will defeat Heather. Because again, this is another elimination now, right after uh, Trent, where the characters are like, sorry, we couldn't save you, but we're going to make Heather pay for this. Really leading up to this big villain status for Heather. So we're going to have to see where this goes next. Next episode, Hook, Line, and Screamer. Ooh, good episode. After watching a horror movie, the contestants find themselves actually in a horror movie, so to speak. <laughs> Chris and Shep left the island because, allegedly, escaped psycho killer with a chainsaw on the hook is roaming around the island. So, obviously, the contestants are now trying to figure out how they're going to survive this. We have Gwen and Duncan, who are horror movie experts. And then you have Heather, who's like the more practical one. She thinks this is all a ruse. Chris and Shep are clearly just faking it. And she's not playing into their game. And then you have Owen and Izzy hating it off, literally. <laughs> yep. They sneak away from camp, make out, 
and then the psycho killer chases them. <laughs> well, and yeah, go figure. It actually is a prank because this is actually part of their challenge. Chris wanted them to watch a scary movie so they can experience them themselves. And if Chef catches you, you're eliminated from the challenge. Mm-hmm. That said, Chris's plans do go awry when a real escaped psycho killer with a chainsaw on a hook finds his way onto the island and confronts Gwen, the last man, our last girl standing. But after a couple of kicks to the nose, turns out that the psycho killer isn't always cracked up to be because <laughs> he has low self-esteem issues. <laughs> yeah, and he walks away very annoyed. Now, I, I do want to say, this is a very funny episode, first of all. Very cool for the remaining characters. I do like how DJ's running away scared. Duncan actually has a really brave moment where he just flat out takes on Chef, even though he thinks he's an escaped psycho killer. But the elimination for this episode, think after rewatching it, as a kid it made sense to me, but rewatching it, I'm a little confused by it. Basically, DJ never officially got caught by Chef, and by default he's eliminated. Yeah, like, I never, so that was a deep, like, nobody cast any votes, I don't think. Yeah, nobody did. So, yeah, that's so weird. He just got eliminated <laughs> just for being, like, a scaredy cat and running away, but, you exactly. know. Exactly. That's what doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. Yeah, poor DJ. And it's kind of sad for Owen. He finally hit it off with Izzy, but then he basically fucked himself. <laughs> he I offered say, like, her up his bait. <laughs> he ruined his chances with Izzy after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of deserves it, but at the same time, you can't help but feel bad for him. Yeah. And of course, this corresponds with the next episode. Wabanakwa Gone Wild. We're at the final seven at this point, and we have to, the contestants are each given an animal that they have to go and hunt. First person to do so wins immunity. And last person to do so, it really doesn't matter. It's just whoever does it first wins immunity, but everybody else still ends up doing it just, I guess, for the fun of it. But that's good because it leads to a lot of funny slapstick. Yeah, you have Owen trying to catch a chipmunk. You have Duncan trying to catch a raccoon, which him and his brother informed to some giant fucking transformer or some shit like that. <laughs> you got Jeff getting bitch slapped by beavers. LaShawn trying to catch a frog. And then, of course, you have Heather who had the toughest animal out of them all, a bear. Yup. Which leads but, to an interesting temporary alliance with Duncan, who she goes to for ideas. He advises her to dress up as a deer and try to lure out the bear, but this does not end well for Heather. Izzy tranquilized her, because, like, coincidentally, deer was the animal that Izzy was assigned with. Yup. And so uh, Heather was tranquilized by Izzy at, at an accidental display, but... But Gwen wins immunity, which I think is is also uh, gifted a feast, which is unfortunately destroyed by Owen while he's on the run. And the eliminated camper this time around is Izzy. I guess Heather gets the votes to kind of dish it to her for tranquilizing her. And Izzy is finally officially eliminated. And sadly, Owen missed his chance to patch things up with her. Yeah, this I mean, is another... He tried in the beginning, but obviously Izzy is still pissed off at him. Yeah, but don't worry. Things will get better for this for these two uh, a little later on, much like with other couples. This is it. This is our final uh, our final six. Yep. Trial by the Tri-Arm Triathlon. The final six are paired into three groups. We have Duncan and Lashana, Owen and Heather, and the best pairing in this episode, in my opinion, Gwen and Jeff. 
Definitely. Basically, it, these three groups have to compete a series of challenges. It was three challenges, and whoever gets the most points at the end win. Like you get a, a point per challenge, and so whoever has the most points at the end would win immunity. Yeah, but going back to what we said, Len and Chef's pairing was honestly the best part of the episode because they are poor opposites when you think about it. There's Jeff, the party dude that everybody likes, and then you have Gwen, the loner girl that everybody's afraid of. Mm-hmm. Such poor opposites, but oddly, they made a great group together because they balance each other out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You have Gwen kind of complaining about Jeff, like, oh, what's this weird party dude's deal? Like, I know his type. And Jeff genu- is such a genuine, nice guy. He wants to get to know her. Like, oh, dude, like, I want you to feel included, too. Invites her to one of his parties. Like, it's just, it's really sweet. I like Duncan and Gwen and Owen and Heather, too, but those are much more comic relief. Especially <laughs> Owen and Heather, because they're like the feast challenge. Obviously, Owen wins because, you know, he's freaking Owen. <laughs> but because the contestants are handcuffed together, they have to go wherever the other goes. And, you know, after eating a huge feast, Owen has to take a shit, and Heather was not pleased by that. <laughs> oh, Owen. <laughs> Although it is nice that Heather gets those moments where she does have to kind of get tortured a little bit for her crappy behavior. In this case, being forced to deal with Owen's fumes. <laughs> she even complained about it in the confessional, which both of them had to share. She was like, Owen is repulsive. If I have to stand another minute with him, I'm going to have to perform a restraining order on his oversized ass. No offense. None taken. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then Owen does the same thing when, I'm trying to remember, I think it was like a the wooden heads. Yeah, yeah, they had to stack the wooden heads in the order of, of all the old contestants in the order that they were eliminated. And Heather was talking shit about Izzy, which easily triggered Owen. Mm-hmm. She is the meanest beep. No offense. None taken. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this is great. Like, j- just in terms of couple of, couples we've never seen before, like Gwen and Duncan, uh, I mean, excuse me, Duncan and Lashana up to this point had never really interacted. Owen and Heather, you get a lot of laughs. And Gwen and Jeff, you get a lot of genuine moments from them. Yeah. But what ends up happening is with three challenges, each team wins one. So nobody wins immunity. It's a three-way tie, meaning it is actually open season at elimination. And of all the six contestants, who gets the boot this time? Well, because he's very likable, Jeff gets eliminated. It's kind of of the same reason why Bridget was eliminated, except this time it was more unanimous. This one annoyed me a lot, not going to lie, because I just feel like Jeff's such a good dude, but... I guess it makes kind of sense. I don't know why Owen and Duncan would vote for him because they had the guys alliance, but Duncan was still pissed off because Jeff didn't join in on voting off Bridget. Oh, wanted to make him pay. And you know what? Jeff's okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. He takes his elimination in stride. He's happy to have made all these great new friends. And so he walks the dock of shame, takes one last picture with Gwen, his new friend, and rides the boat of losers, his head held high. Which actually leads us pretty straightforwardly to our very next episode. And one of my favorites. Hot Camp Shore. Thank you, Matt. There was no way in hell I could, <laughs> I could pronounce that. Happy to help, buddy. So, you know how Chris always says, like, after a camper is eliminated, they never come back. You assume that they go home after the competition. But in a twist, whoever gets eliminated actually gets relocated to a private resort called Playate Losers. And even though they have to give up their chance at a $100,000 prize, they do get to spend, you know, depending on when they were eliminated, several weeks 
living in complete luxury at a poolside resort with everything they could ever ask for. So not a bad trade-off when you look at Wawanaqua. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. But it was great to see all these previous eliminated contestants, like how the island affected them, what do they think about the final five and shit. Mm-hmm. Especially a lot of the contestants. Uh, I mean, we get to see some newer faces to the uh, resort, like Jeff and Bridget, you know. And we get to see some old characters, like... For example, Noah starts to really come into his own here. It starts to actually talk. You know, he plays off of Katie and Sadie very well. And then there's other just wacky characters like Izzy. Oh, we see Ezekiel trying to uh, be a cool, like, homeboy. Um, Odie trying to get its hand, but he ends up getting sunburned. Yup. <laughs> and then the main conflict of the episode, if you really want to call it that. It turns out sometime after she was eliminated, Courtney found out that Harold ripped the boats. And she is obviously pissed off about that. Yeah, she's like, not happy. Throughout the episode, she was make death threats. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill Harold the next time I see him. <laughs> Which got me thinking, has Harold been hiding from Courtney for weeks in this resort? <laughs> That's true. This would have had to have been going on a while. Maybe he was just staying in his room the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, it's a nice little episode, you know, away from the competition for once. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. Just because they're away from the competition doesn't mean they're away from the competition. Mm-hmm. Because that's all they talk about. They, they're asked, oh, what do they think of the final five? You know, do they have any regrets about the competition? How do they like it here? Who do they want to win? Things like that. And, and so they're definitely involved. They're offering their opinions about the competition, but it's more from a spectator's role because obviously their history in the competition, there's nothing for them anymore, but... They're relaxing, and there's some a lot of funny character interactions and banter. And by and large, it's a pretty good time. Which lets Chris appear and wipe the hell out of nowhere, literally, and says <laughs> like, "Okay, rejects. Tonight's contestant will be eliminated by you." In other words, they get to decide who gets eliminated next. And mm. so, out of all the final five, Owen, Heather, Gwen, Lashana, and Duncan, who do you decide to pick? Lashana. Yeah. Once you say that said person's name, that counts as a vote. In this case, the moment everybody said Lashana, even if it's once or how many times you say it, that counts as a vote. Yup. Not to mention most of the time they talked about Lashana, it was definitely not Lashana or don't say Lashana, but those counted. And again, multiple votes from the same person, that, that counted too. So this was definitely not a very secure election uh, for who's going home. Oh. That has to be the most <laughs> BS elimination in the entire season. If you thought Lindsay's bad, nah, Lashana knocks her right out of the park, whatever <laughs> the phrase is. If you thought, yeah, the challenge was too unfair to Lindsay, or if you thought Chris should have cared that Harold rigged the boats, Chris does not care at all that they're counting a freaking parrot. <laughs> so, Lashana is kicked out. Again, I don't think the writers had any use for her or any idea how to get rid of her, so they were just like, eh, bye. <laughs> It is silly, but dang, it, I, I'm not going to lie. This is the farthest Lashana has ever gotten, and she's a very popular character, so it is kind of sad in retrospect that that's how she was done so dirty. And you can even see it on her expression. She has like a shocked face as Chef brings her to the boat of losers and drops her off at the resort. She just lost her chance at $100,000, and she probably had no idea why. Blame Katie and Sadie. <laughs> All right, but enough about those two rejects. <laughs> Let's move on to my favorite episode of season one, Camp Castaways. Good episode. A major downpour has occurred at Camp Wawanaqua, 
and the final four are now stranded away from the island. It's kind of the same idea with Hook, Line, and Screamer, where Gwen and Duncan think that they're actually stranded, while Heather thinks this is all a trap. And spoilers, she's right, but don't let that ruin the illusion. <laughs> so obviously they're stranded, and all of them are struggling to either defend for themselves or work together. Naturally, they decide to fend for themselves. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And the reason why I love this episode so much, this episode is less about the competition and more of survival. Yeah, because they genuinely think they're trapped on an island, so they start doing things like building shelter, looking for food. Let's be honest. The best thing to come out of this episode, and I know, I'm going to sound like a broken record, it's Owen. Mm-hmm. My fucking god, <laughs> Owen was great in this episode. First off, he was stranded in one of the confessionals. Then when he eventually makes it to the island, he gets scared by a giant dinosaur skeleton and then befriends a coconut. <laughs> Mr. Coconut, never forget. Of course, during this time, he somehow grows a full beard the size of his head in a span of a few hours. <laughs> it must have been those fake coconuts. <laughs> yeah, they must have triggered his follicles or something. Could somebody explain to me why there are palm trees and coconuts? We're in northern Ontario. There were leftover props from that used Jurassic Park or whatever they call it movie. <laughs> what? We're on the budget here. <laughs> my god like seeing owen act like a savage had me in tears my favorite moment of this episode or one of them has to be when all four campers agree to start working together and so they're hanging out in the treehouse revealing their deepest darkest secrets during which we understand finally why duncan went to juvie although of course we never actually find out and nor, uh, we, nor do we find out what gwen's actual name is yeah <laughs> But that's a pretty fun moment where they're just, like, getting real. And they tell their deepest, darkest secrets to each other. Which, if so, you think about it, on a show called Total Drama Island, you'd think they'd want to air that stuff that they said. So it must have been really bad if they had to cut it out. They even agreed that whatever happened on that island stays on the island. And from what we know about these character interactions since, they've all kept their word. So because yeah. this wasn't an actual challenge, no one got eliminated. Except for Mr. Coconuts. <laughs> my god mr coconut will never forget you apps in the discord server for mr coconuts honestly most unfair yet like say what you will about Lindsay and harold and jeff but at least they had ceremonies you know nobody even voted for poor mr coconut chris just scooped him up and threw him down the dock of shame poor guy <laughs> yeah so now we move on to are we there yeti once again chef is in charge of this episode and he ditches Owen, Duncan, Gwen, and Heather in the woods. They have to survive one night and find their way back home. It's like the sucky outdoors, but the stakes are much higher. And again, it's guys against girls. We have Owen and Duncan once again trying to outwit Heather and Gwen. Which is interesting because Heather and Gwen, they straight up hate each other. So the fact that they were working together well is astonishing. Yeah, they put aside their differences and realized that they couldn't afford to lose this, so... It was pretty cool seeing them actually swallow their pride for one, even if it was just for one episode. Now that I think about it, I don't think this was an actual challenge. I think Chef just wanted to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, because we actually do see scenes of Chef walking around, playing with their stuff, like sunbathing, <laughs> having a good time just by himself. And not to mention, we also get some slapstick comedy moments uh, where the boys try to trick the girls, the girls try to trick their boys to get each other's stuff, like maps and compasses and whatnot. Oh, and of course, as the title is, uh, hints, 
Chef warns them that Sasquatch and Aqua, a large yeti, is roaming the forest. We've seen him a few times in like Easter egg moments, cameos, but this is the first time where he's a character. And boy, are they terrified of him. In the end, it's a very close race, but the girls manage to just barely edge out the dudes. And there's not a vote, once again, because there's only two of them. It would have been a tie. So Chef picks which boy he wants to eliminate. And much to everybody's dismay, it was Duncan. Makes sense. I mean, Duncan raided Chef's kitchen, generally disregarded him, whereas Owen was always happy to eat Chef's food. So it was probably not a very difficult choice for a chef to make. But sad for us because, you know, we love Duncan. He's a good dude. Don't worry. This isn't the last we're going to see of Duncan. And now we have our final three, all Screaming Gophers, which is kind of interesting to think about. Again, teams don't mean much anymore, so... But it's nice to point out. Yeah. Owen, Gwen, and Heather in the penultimate episode. I triple dog dare you. I love this episode so much. <laughs> might be my second favorite episode next to Cam Castaways. Yeah, this might take the cake for me as my favorite. I just love it. So iconic. They have to do dares that were made from previous eliminated contestants. And whoever pitches out is automatically eliminated. Like from the whole competition. No vote. Just to the dock of shame. I gotta tell you, some of these stairs were either gross, weird, but funny as hell, and I love it. Yeah, because this is not, these challenges and dares are not from Chris or the producers or whatever. They're actually from the eliminated contestants. They actually let loose their twisted imaginations (laughs) just to see the finalists suffer. Yup. And what generally ends up happening throughout is Gwen and Heather keep daring each other because, again, they hate each other. Uh, But Owen keeps taking the dares and racks up a bunch of freebies. Because if you take a dare without making someone else do it, you get a freebie, meaning that's one thing you can avoid if somebody else dares you in the future. So, And my God, let's go over the dares. He ate Harold's chewed gum, dog food. Give a burple nurple to a sleeping bear. (laughs) It's just amazing to see Owen go through all this. One of my favorite lines is I think Owen gets dared to eat dog food and he just turns to Gwen and Heather and he's like, man, sorry, guys, I keep getting all the easy ones. (laughs) But seeing Heather doing a dare that's related to Owen's body kills me. (laughs) Like licking his armpit hair, eating Joey out of his belly button, and she almost licked his toe jam. So Owen responded, oh, is that what that black gunk is? Forcing Heather to use her freebie. (laughs) No, but... Seeing Owen get all these freebies actually worked in Gwen's favor because she's like, hey, if you give me half your freebies, I'll split the prize money with you in the finals. What if you don't win? I'll trade it for a box of donuts. Hey, you had me at donuts. (laughs) And so we get a very satisfying episode, or I guess a few minutes, where Gwen and Owen have a ton of freebies and they are able to just keep making Heather do everything. (laughs) Slash the shit out of herself, <laughs> dive into a pile of pig shit, force to do a puppet show with Shep's dirty sock in which she has to kiss him. But hey, <laughs> Owen didn't care because it's a puppet show, right? Yeah. But no, what broke her was Lindsay's dare, which to have her head shaved off by Shep. And that led to one of the most satisfying moments this season, Heather's defeat. So even though technically her head got partially shaved, well, eventually fully shaved later on, she didn't accept the dare, so mm-hmm. she got eliminated. In fact, she kicked away Chef as he was getting closer. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks to Lindsay, which is very satisfying that it was Lindsay's fault, because Heather even says, oh, what dare could Lindsay possibly think of? 
And, of course, once again, selling Lindsay short. Heather is finally defeated. And we get our final two, Owen and Gwen. Two very popular contestants by the viewers' standards and by, I think, the contestants' standards, too. You know, very important in the season. Gwen had a lot of drama going on. Owen was hilarious. Um, Arguably the icon of the show. And so it was really nice to see these two go up against each other. In the very last episode, really, where Owen and Gwen have to go through a race around the island, and whoever wins gets the Mm $100,000. All the eliminated contestants are back to cheer on the the final two, and we get some relationship development where things last uh, kind of fell off between Owen and Izzy and Gwen and Trent, which was very nice to see. Owen and Izzy get back together, which was to be expected. Well, Gwen and Trent eventually patch things up. Mm Mm-hmm. I find it funny how Heather tried to sabotage Gwen throughout the episode because obviously she's pissed off about what happened to her in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. But it ultimately backfired, especially when Owen ate them. I think it was like a cupcake or something. Yeah, basically, Gwen was supposed to eat a cupcake that was going to give her the shits, but she gave it to Owen instead. Yeah, you know how that goes. Yeah, so while Owen has diarrhea, uh, Gwen gets a massive leg up in the race, although Owen is ev- eventually able to catch up. It is a neck-and-neck neck race throughout various challenges and obstacles, including Heather using Justin and his good looks to distract Gwen, but of course it also distracts Owen, leading to a neck-and-neck neck race to the finish line, which, depending on where you live, either Owen is unable to close the gap and Gwen crosses the finish line, although I think Owen manages to stop just short, or... Owen is distracted by the smell of brownies and stampedes past Gwen to the finish line. Again, depends on your country or which version you like better. But yeah, we have our winner in Total Drama Island. Oh, so they thought. <laughs> so let's just say for the sake of consistency, Owen is the winner. Yeah. It's like, that, you know, yeah. I think in majority of the countries, Owen's the winner. So let's just leave it like that. Mm-hmm. So. As Owen promised, for winning, he throws a massive party at Playout Day Losers. Everybody's chilling, having a good time, until Chris shows up with a briefcase of $1 million. He gets all 22 contestants to compete in one final challenge. Whoever goes back to the island and finds the case wins the money. At first, everybody's like, yo, fuck that shit. We just suffered through 20-plus episodes of your torture. There's no way none of us are going to go through this again. But realizing that Owen is the only one that was willing, yeah, he willingly gave up his money just to compete for even more money. Mm -hmm. That triggered everybody. Yeah, nobody wanted to just sit around. And we get the introduction to a lot of very interesting duos and team-ups and groups because everybody ends up branching out. We um, have Justin teaming up with Katie and Sadie, where Justin not only speaks for once, but we see his more devilish side. Yeah. Which plays a major role in the next season. We see other interesting kind of lead-ups from the last season, whereas no one wants to team up with Heather because no one trusts her anymore, except for Harold, who's more than happy to do so. So only that's because, a pretty fun Only because he's been rejected constantly throughout the show, so in a way they were kind of made for each other to be a team. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff just feel like it leads up nicely to action, whether it be Justin, you know, actually using words to speak or, you know, the, the team up with Heather and Harold gets explored more in uh, action. The relationship between Trent, Gwen and Lashana, which they become a team, Courtney and Duncan. And sadly, a lot of characters will get forgotten. Like, I really did like how Lindsay and Beth teamed up with Ezekiel. <laughs> but my favorite pairing in this episode 
has to be the four-man team of Owen, DJ, Cody, and Tyler. <laughs> that was awesome. That was like the <laughs> ultimate dream team for me. <laughs> yes, no, I agree. That was amazing. They are actually the first ones to find the briefcase, but they don't trust each other. So they tie themselves together with a very tight knot, thanks to Cody, so that nobody can run off with it. Unfortunately, they do this right before Owen has to take a crap, and so they end up, uh, their plans get foiled a little bit while they all have to stand around tied to Owen while he's taking a poop in the bushes. Yeah, so they lose the briefcase, and then I want to say 20 minutes later, they get it back from Justin, who abandoned Katie and Sadie, because who wants to team up with those two, am I right? <laughs> but then they run all the way to the freaking cliff from the very first episode, get sidetracked from a bear and get caught in a hot air balloon that Courtney took over. Yup. All sorts of crazy shenanigans. All the groups get together. Some of them fall into the gelatin pool that was still standing from Phobia Factor, while the rest of the 14 race to the dock, fall in the ocean, only for the case to be eaten by a shark. Mm-hmm. And Chris declares this a 14-way tie and declares that there's going to have to be another season to try and figure out who will win that briefcase. We have Beth, DJ, Lindsay, Heather, Justin, Carol, Shauna, Gwen, Jeff, Bridget, Owen, Trent, Izzy, and Duncan. Yes, and if I did, I have one complaint. If I do, this is kind of like almost an all-star season because pretty much everyone who makes it made it very far on island except for Justin and I guess Beth. But, you know, they're great characters. They were explored really well. So it was very exciting. We're getting another season with all of these awesome guys. So Yeah. Sucks that Cody, Noah, Eva, Ezekiel, Tyler, Katie, and Sadie, and Courtney especially didn't make the cut. But that didn't stop Courtney. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I would have preferred a better way for them to get cut because it's like, oh, they didn't get a chance to partake because they were stuck in a gelatin pool. That's it. Like, that's the whole reason. Even Chris straight up said, yeah, you guys are done. It is very sad. But luckily, except for fans of Eva, Katie, and Sadie, because if you're a fan of Eva, Katie, or Sadie, you can really only watch Island. <laughs> Sorry. But for fans of the other characters, they will get their day in the sun. It just won't be action, which is sad. But, you know, it's you still got a good season with them. So that's pretty much every episode of Total Drama Island. And my God, I think this is the longest episode we've ever done. This will definitely be our longest episode of Geeks Crossing. Even uh, with the editing, it will probably be close to an hour and a half at least. But that's good because, it again, it's a callback to our last Total Drama episode, which was for a very long time the longest we've ever done. So that's yeah. kind of nice that we're, re we're reclaiming that title with another Total Drama video. Amen. So overall, what do we think of Total Drama Island? Well, I agree with Matt. It's the best season of them all. Sure, most of the episodes had predictable eliminations and plot armor more or less was the main focus mm -hmm. but when you look past all that it was simple it's charming and it's just so nostalgic every time we think it's whole drama it's always the first season and i could watch the first season all the time and still get amazed by all this Heck yeah, man. It's just so nice. There's a lot of elements that are present in Total Drama Island that really never come again. Some bad elements, like, uh, again, the really weirdly drawn-out eliminations where you know what's going to happen, it's plot armor. But also a lot of the more comfy, like, you know, chillin' moments where it's just campers being campers. They're just chillin', they're not doing a challenge. You get little subplots like, oh, who wrote this love letter? Or, oh, man, Jeff made me some macaroni art. 
or oh man i want to write in my diary or you know moments like that where they're just chilling later on total drama is just all about the challenges nobody has time to do anything else and it's nice that island starts this trend that it's present in action and world tour but a lot less where contestants can just chill like you can explore them as characters and not just as contestants but by and large great season great start to an awesome franchise yeah if you've never seen total drama before you'd obviously have to start with this one anyway because it's chronological but man you'll be doing yourself a favor if you check out total drama island because it is awesome we've done at least 10 episodes about them well mostly matt so you know it's that good (laughs) yeah what about all you people that are listening right now what are your opinions on each episode of total drama island you can share on our discord server a link will be provided as always along with the link to our instagram page at geeks crossing yes and be sure to follow us on uh or continue supporting us wherever you're supporting us right now whether that be you're listening to us on anchor spotify google apple uh podcasts or iHeartRadio, and be sure to tell your friends and family about us especially those total drama fans in your life don't forget to follow CryptoLock gamings nuclear bacons and terabyte on twitch trust me you won't regret it mm-hmm. <laughs> and more importantly stay true to your geek selves